0: welcome to thrive church online we are here to know god to grow in him and go we hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message uh, but but we're in a series called the core uh, and basically what we're doing is we're talking about thrive church man we're talking about you we don't think you can be a part of something until you know what it is Um, So people ask me all the time, so what's the point of the church? What makes your church different? I don't know. Other than this, we exist to make Jesus famous. Um, We don't think you've got to be perfect to to make Jesus famous. We just think you have to be intentional. I think that there are so many moments that that God gives us to let people see God. Um, I I had a a great opportunity. I went and bought coffee this week. Can anybody say, hallelujah? Because church runs on two things. It runs on Jesus and coffee. I was chugging coffee right before I came on stage. And if I run out of coffee, I'll switch to Red Bull. I'm just saying, you got to have energy. You know your source, right? So I walked into Bigby and I, and I, and I bought my wife and myself and my son a coffee. And, and uh, they made mine first because Jesus loves me more than everybody else. And, uh, and so I'm sitting there drinking my coffee, right? And, and this lady walks up and she gets ready to order. And the Lord's like, man, just, just, just buy her. Just buy her, buy her, buy her whatever. Because she got more than coffee. Because I was like, God, I'm willing to buy her $5 coffee. But homegirl starts ordering bregels and donuts. And, and I'm like, come on, Jesus, take it easy. This is my card we're talking about. So I'm like, hey, can I can I get this for you? Jesus just wants you to know that, that He loves you this morning. He loves you enough to buy you a cup of coffee. And then God's like, hey, I want you to do this to all your orders ready. <laughs> okay. And then the coolest thing happened. So, so. I love ministering to people who don't look like the people that can be ministered to. And how many of y'all know some weird people work at coffee shops? That's a fact. Like, I love them, but like, they make you, they make you curious about some things. And so I just asked them, hey, what's the biggest tip you guys have ever gotten? And they threw a number up, and we just went 10 times bigger than that. And so then all these people, these, these baristas are like, what the crap? Can I say that in church? Okay, good, because I did. And, um, and so this girl comes up and she's pierced all over the place and she's all tatted up and, and she's, got, she's a white girl, but she's got dreads. Like, like, like it's just it's a thing, right? It's like, and she comes up and she goes, hey, I just heard what you did. And I said, well, first of all, I really didn't do it. God did it. And He just wants you to know that people are thankful for you and that your life matters and, and that, man, we're just glad you're here serving people. And she looked at me and she goes, well, God bless you. And have you ever known that somebody said something and it was foreign to them? It's like me trying to do Spanish. El burrito. It does just, it, people do not go, well, there's a Latino guy. They're like, yeah, there's a southern guy trying to be Spanish, right? Like, like so. And you can just tell it's foreign. But here's the hope, is that in these small interactions that you normally would take for granted, and I'm not saying you got to tip people stupid all the time, but if the Lord does, are, is every part of your life open, including your wallet? To making Jesus famous. And so we talked about that. We believe the process for doing that is to help people know God or at least bring them in the, t- the tension of trying to know God. And then hopefully they grow in God. But some people want to get it all together like you want, a, you want a, a doctorate in theology before you share Jesus. First of all, if you've got a doctorate in theology, you probably just confuse people. What God wants you to do is go, hey, what you know, Go share. Like, if you just know the song, anybody remember the song, Jesus loves me. You leave me alone and I can't sing. So what happens is, thank you for that. So what happens is, it, it's still that turkey thing, isn't it? You're just still going, okay, you just talk, I'm watching football. So, um, so we said this, we're like, man, uh, church and Jesus are not spectator sports. There's something that you have to be involved in. And if all you knew is Jesus loves me, is that enough to go share it with the world? Yeah, but you're not perfect. What's well, okay, Jesus loves me. Yeah, but 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 you cussed at Thanksgiving. That's okay, Jesus still loves me. You wanted to cuss at Thanksgiving. It's okay, Jesus still loves you. Like, does that make sense? Like, like, what can I do to make Jesus not love me? He died for me while I was still a sinner. Well, guess what? I'm still a sinner. And Jesus still loves me. So if that's all I know, I can go make Jesus famous with it. So that was last week. So this week, um, we kind of want to lean into to a to a the the core value that we have. And that is this, that, that we think that Jesus should be the center of everything that we do, that, that our job is to make Jesus the center of it. And the only way that we can do that is to become kingdom minded. Now, unfortunately, our minds are filled with all kinds of stuff. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus makes this statement. He's talking to people. Really, all of Matthew 6 is dealing with anxious people, like people that have anxiety. Can we just be honest? We're all jacked up this morning. Like if you're not jacked up, you've got a problem with lying, which just makes you even more jacked up, right? So Jesus is talking to a group of people and he says this, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his ability to stay right. And all these things will be added to you because here's the thing. We all have anxiety. We got money anxiety. We got family anxiety. Did y'all not just spend a day with your family? You got family anxiety. Some of us have ex-anxiety. Some of us have physical anxiety. Some of us spend so much time worrying about our health. We're worried about what's ticking inside of our body. Some of us are worried about relationships. Like we're worried about either making them work or trying to figure out how to end them. Hopefully you're not married if you're in that. But if you are, there's, there are those seasons, Right? And so like, like, I feel like everybody has these, these issues going on. And I think one of the things that we do, one of our biggest problems is this. It's the greatest and the worst technology ever invented. Because not long after we had the iPhone, this, this phenomenon called social media came out. And the problem is, is we always watch everybody else's highlight reel while we're living our low life reel. So I love ESPN. I love watching, um, love watching sports. Uh, so I grew up in an era that had the greatest basketball player ever, and I don't care what you say. Uh, Michael Jordan is still the goat. Like he is still of all time, he is the goat. anybody remember watching Michael Jordan ESPN highlights? You start watching him, and Jordan is either dunking on somebody, or he's dry, he's got that little step back move where he and like like you would watch Michael Jordan's shots, and you're like you are blowing my freaking mind. Like, nobody is that good. But here's what they don't show you. ESPN never had his miss reel. Babe Ruth, home run leader, right? Remember this? But also the strikeout king. All we remember him for is his wins. We remember him for the highlight reel. We don't remember him for all the mess-ups that he had. I had the privilege of living through the... And, um, And do you remember when Sammy Sosa... And uh, who was uh, Barry Bonds? Mark McGuire, We're going for the home run. We didn't know they were jacked up on juice. Can I be honest? I wouldn't have. I still don't care. Can I? Can I be honest? People are like, "Well, they can't be in the hall." I don't care, dude. You made baseball fun again because I didn't care. But here's the thing: we only want to remember people for what they did well, but we want to remember ourselves for the anxiety moments that we have. And so, what Jesus said is this. He's like, man, if you're not real careful, what you'll do is you'll start looking at the people that left your life rather than remembering the ones that are still there. You'll start remembering your failures rather than living with the successes that God really wants you to focus on. You'll start believing this lie of what's wrong with me. You'll start asking the questions like, man, why do people keep leaving me? Like, like why do I keep having these issues? And here's the reality. We're going to work some of them out today. I think we're going to work 90% of them out. I love series like this because remember like your identity series where we're like, dude, if I start with who I am, I can build everything else on top of it. Um, this is one of those series where not only is this a core for the church, but the church is you. Like the church doesn't make people famous if you don't make people famous. Because you're the ch- the building isn't the church. Like you didn't come to church, you brought church to the building. So when you leave, like we don't remember this thing, hey, we got out of church. Well no, you didn't. You're it. Unless if we yank your innards out, you can't get out of church. I can let you go. Like I can get you to Biscuitville on time. But the reality of it is, is you're the church wherever you go. Man, you're taking Jesus with you. But here's the problem. A lot of us are trying to take Jesus and anxiety at the same time. So Jesus talks in Matthew chapter 6, and He's talking to a crowd full of anxious people. And I'll tell you how we know, because it says this, Matthew chapter 6, 25 and 26, it says, Jesus is talking. He said, therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. What? Bro, all I am is anxious about my life. I'm a deer hunter. I've been anxious about where the deer are. Like I can come up with ways to be anxious. I found a I found a bump and I was convinced that something was going on. I'm like, I got this bump on. Please don't look at it because you make me paranoid. But then I'm like, honey, I found this bump and it wasn't here yesterday. What, what does it look like? Is it funny looking? What color is it? Like, she's like, it's a bump and you scratch. I'm like, no, no, no. I feel like it's more than that. And she's like, well, you're wrong. So, my son's a medic. So, I walk up to him and I'm like, triage, boop, boop, right? Like, what is this? And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, you scratched your head. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how we go and we pick up anxiety and we try to borrow it? And what Jesus is talking to is, he said this He said, therefore, because of me, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body or what you'll put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus, I don't know. I think that a lot of times my life is built around stuff. Like the the, the cares of my life really are money, where I'm going to live, what I'm going to drive, and who I'm going to do it with. And Jesus looks at us and He says, wait a minute, wait a minute, but if you're living life like everybody else, then there's no way you can be living it with Me. How many of you guys have ever walked in at Thanksgiving and said, hey honey, I'll, uh, you look at your wife and go, hey honey, I want you to meet my girlfriend. One, that would be a Thanksgiving you would never forget. Can you imagine if you're, can you imagine if your if your wife walked in and said, Hey Bay, how are you doing? I want you to meet Magic Mike. <laughs> I want Mike to meet Magic Glock. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, like we're about to have a conversation. And he's not gonna anyway. So my point is this it's hard to walk, it's hard to walk in holding Jesus, but also dating anxiety. You can't, you can't really have Jesus at the center of it all if anxiety is trying to share center. So what happens is this. Jesus goes on and He says this. He said, look at the birds of the air. Can I be honest with you what He's really saying? He's like, just stop, dude. Just stop, stop, stop. Slow down. You ever talk to a hysterical person? Uh, My sister one time. We we lived through Hurricane David back in the day. And this is Wendy. I'm going to tell you who it is because she slapped somebody in my family. So what happened was... No, no, no. So my oldest sister who isn't here but watches these because I got in trouble for picking on her last week. So anyway, so what happened was um, I got locked outside... Um, Because I've always been like the last person, like I'm looking at everything. So, like, stuff's flying around. We're at this hotel at Daytona Beach. I'm like watching people and dogs and houses and this chick on a bike and Toto. And anyway, stuff's just flying around. So, we're walking around and I'm looking and the door goes shut. Well, I'm young. So, I'm like, I don't, how many of y'all know all the hotel doors look exactly alike? And I don't think I knew my numbers. So, I did what any kid would do. I just sat down and watched stuff fly, not realizing that I was sitting outside the door of our hotel room. So, one, One family member opens the sliding glass door and the other one opens the front door and it creates a vacuum. And so this lamp picks up and flies across the room. The sliding glass door breaks over the rail. Like, I'm telling you, dude, it was fun. But I had a sister that went eight nuts. I mean, she's like, oh, she's hysterical. Wendy goes, let me slap her. Let me slap her. Let me slap her. And so imagine lamps are flying into a room, stuff's breaking, and Wendy's just going, let me slap her. Let me slap her. Let me slap her. You needed it. And I'm not sure if she needed it or she needed it, but somebody got slapped because here's the thing peace and fear can't live together. And what God may want you to know today, this may be your slap moment. I'm not saying we're sending Wendy through the crowd, but what I am saying is this. What I am saying is there could be a moment where God has to wake you up and go, look, what I need you to do is slow down and look. Because if you slow down, all that happened was a lamp flew into the wall. Nobody died. We're not getting vacuumed out. This isn't Twister. The lump in your neck is probably just a bump. If you give it a couple days, it's going to go away. Like, like why, why, are you, why are you thinking that all of a sudden, I, God, am going to forget about you? Can you just sit down for a minute and just breathe long enough to remember that I'm still God? He goes on, he says this, look at the birds. They don't sow or reap, nor do they gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Let's go back to identity series. Jesus looks at him and goes, do you not think that I value you so much that I'm never going to let you down? i not going to let you down in your health. I'm not going to let you down in your finances, in your relationships. They're not all going to go the way you think they should. I, I, love, I love Abraham and Sarah. Remember old people? This is where Viagra was invented also the reason you need to let your kids go to church because I stay stuff like that in sanctuary so what happens is 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 they get this promise that they're gonna have a baby like as old people like like they're in the home right like like you're gonna have a baby not the place you expect Victoria's secret to show up right but 25 years passes from the promise to the outcome Jesus said this he said man here's the thing if you' really Part of anxiety is figuring out that my clock and your clock aren't always telling the same time. I have a time and a rhythm and a season that I want to do things. And Jesus says, look, I want you to look at these unvaluable things, how much I take care of them. Understanding your identity and how much I value you should let you know that, man, I'm going to work your life out. Now that's not an excuse for you not to work. Work happened before the fall of man. It's not a curse, man. Work is a gift. I love getting stuff done. Like, I find great joy in it. But, but Jesus said this. He said, look, I want you to remember that you're a son or daughter and I want you to chill out. Sometimes it means that you have to divorce your phone. We could save a lot of divorces with, between people if we could divorce our, our iPhone and Android. First of all, you shouldn't have an Android to begin with because that's not God's phone. But... <laughs> But what God does want to do is He wants to give you a kingdom mindset. So, so, so I I, I had one kid. Uh, Pastor Dan's here. He had like forty-five kids on purpose. Uh, him and Shannon just got a whole, and that, then they get married, so they keep multiplying. It's like the gremlins don't feed them after midnight; they just keep right. Uh, but, but do you remember when you when, when you had kids and you took them to the beach, and you're trying to teach them to to jump to you off the side of the pool, and you're sitting there? Now listen, you are their daddy. You're not. You're not. Look you. You've already invested. you got $12,000 hospital bill. You're not going to let anything happen to them, right? Like, you got them scotch guarded and everything. Like, And so they come to the edge of the pool and you're like, baby, jump. And they're like... And here's what every one of them does. They stop looking at the father that's there to catch them. And they start looking around at everything else. They start looking at how deep the water is and how far the jump is. And they start looking at at the edge of the pool and they start looking at everybody running around and they stop looking at their father to catch them. They lose their trust in the only one who can save them. I wonder how many of us, God's saying, look, I need you to jump into a kingdom mindset. But part of that that mindset is trading your anxiety about the jump to your faith in your father to catch you. Jesus goes on, he said this, he's like, man, I want to save your emotions and I want to save your health and I want to save your finances. and I want to save your relationships. But what I need you to do is jump. Here's what I believe. Uh, Colossians 3.15. Uh, I'm just doing half this verse, but it says, and let the peace of Christ rule your hearts to which you were indeed called, man, you're called to peace. But here's what happens. is everybody? How many of y'all want, to, want God to do something supernatural? And you're like, man, I, to jump, I need God to do something supernatural. Like, I would do it if God did something supernatural. Well, here's the problem. Super and natural is a compound word. God needs your natural to go with His super. But He can't do super if you stand in the pool looking at everything else. But you remember when that kid finally jumps? You remember? And they then you better get red, Dad, because you're not doing anything else the rest of vacation. You're just catching. Just come on. Jump. Go to the edge. Jump. Go to the edge. Jump. Don't these kids nap? Jump. Go to the edge. Jump. Go the, hey, you want some, some fruit snacks? No, there's sugar in that. Shut up, woman. No, jump. Right, because you're like, I'm catching. And Mama's like, look, I'm, I'm reading a book in suntan. Yeah, baby, look at you. Keep going. Jump to Daddy. Jump to Daddy. You got it. Jump to dad. He won't let you down, baby. Just Hey, mama going to take a nap. Jump to daddy. You got it, baby. Yeah. Learn a trick. Remember, because then they're like, watch this, I can flutter my feet. Wow. Anyway, so what God's saying is, is man, you need, you need a, a kingdom first mentality. Do you remember that scripture where it says, seek first the kingdom of God? Do you know that that word seek in Hebrew literally means to crave? He said this, he said, he said, I want you to crave first the kingdom of God. Because if you've ever had a craving, nothing else satisfies until you, until you get the craving fixed. Anybody ever had a pregnant wife? <laughs> Anybody ever been a pregnant wife? Your wife will wake you up at 2 a.m. to get things that are Ridiculous. She'll wake you up at two a.m. to get things that are four states away. What do we do as husbands? We put her shoes on. We go find it, right? Because you, you carrying a kid. Have you ever tried to pacify your wife because you were tired? She's like, you know what? I would really love to have. I would really love for somebody, and she won't say you, but somebody, and get me a banana pickle milkshake. Is that which the baby needs it? That's so what the baby the baby needs. You ever looked at her and be like, "Hey, babe, we got a gallon of cookies and cream in the kitchen," and she's like, "Well, I mean, I, I guess I could eat that." <laughs> Giving you this, the worst sad eyes she can give you, and then she's going to remind you that in a couple of months she's going to go into labor. Her body's going to do things that make her scream out in pain. And all she's asking you to do is go to cookout and get her a milkshake. But she understands that that's too much of her to ask. What do we do? Put your shoes on. God said this. He said, I don't have a problem that you crave other things. But I need you to crave me first." First. Because having a kingdom mindset means that you crave God first. It doesn't mean you can't have other things going on in your life. It just means that the first thing that you crave. How many of you know that when you took your pregnant wife out and she was craving onion rings, that that's not all she ate? God said this. He said, I don't want to be the only thing you eat. I just want to be the thing you crave first. You know, as a husband or wife, we don't mind that our our spouse has un, other interests. Like, we're okay that you play golf or that you you go kayaking or that you go thrift shop. Whatever your thing, like we're okay with whatever your thing is. We just want to be first behind God. We just want to be something that you crave. God said, "Look, what I want to be is just the first thing that you crave." I, I love that you're you're in relationships. I love that 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 you're 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 ambitious in your job or that that you you desire to be in a relationship with somebody else I, I'm, I'm great with all that what i want to be is just the thing that you crave because here's what i think i think i think that part of our problem is that we lose control and lose our craving anybody got an anger issue don't raise your hand um uh, Anybody have an anger issue only in certain situations? <laughs> like when I'm around family. Thanksgiving. Maybe you've got an anger issue. Uh, for me, personally, when I drive on I-40-85. Well, I'm a good person until then. I make Jesus famous until then. And then I get in, I'm like, Jesus, get in the back seat and hold on. I mean, I want Him there when I get out of the car. Does I'm just, I'm just, this just make sense? And, and so so what happens is this. is, is we sit there... And 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 we've got these issues. Matter of fact, I knew three pastors that went fishing together. It was supposed to be a bunch of folks that went. There were th- these three pastors that get on the boat and they're fishing. And they said, Well, you know what we should do is we should we should be accountability partners. Like we should really hold each other uh, up. And the guy said, Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go first. And he's they're fishing. And he said, Man, I, I just need to tell you, I'm I really struggle with alcohol. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm probably a borderline alcoholic. Second guy's fishing. He said, Man, I, I get that. He said, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say this, and, and, and I feel guilty about it, but man, I've been having an affair with the church secretary for a couple of years now, and I just. They look over to the third guy, man, he's just he's fishing, but he's not really feeling like, He's just wearing it out. He's just fit. He's as hard as he can go. And they're like, Well, brother, don't you have anything to share? And he said, I'm. Ah. says, Come on, man, we both shared something. Don't you want to share something? And finally, he reels his line, and he said, Can I just be honest with you guys? I'm the biggest gossip in town. I can't wait to get off this boat. <laughs> so what So what happens is this, is, is what we want to do is we want to get in our boat and we want to go, man, I lost control. The problem is not that you lost control. The problem is that you're lost and in control. It, God, in His infinite wisdom, gives you control of your own life. So when you lose it, It's not that you lost control, it's that you got lost in the fact that you can control your own life. And what God said is this, what I want to do is I want you to seek first the kingdom of God I want you to chill out. I want you to relax and recognize me as your source. I want you to crave me. But then what I want to do is I want I want you to understand that there's a fight for control in your life. There's a fight for the decisions in your life and for the outcomes of your life. And God's sitting there and He's going, He's going, man, here's the, here's the thing. I, I, I want you to recognize that I have to control your life. I've got a good friend of mine, Pastor Bo. He's got a little kid named Benny. Benny is the cutest freaking kid I've ever seen. He rolled with us when we were in Kansas. Um, but Kansas City traffic is horrible. It's like Raleigh. On, on drugs. And so Bo was telling the story, Pastor Bo was telling the story, and he's like, Man, one time Benny was in the backseat, and he's like, Daddy, I wanna drive. He's like, Bo, I, I, Benny, I can't let you drive, dude. Like, we're in the middle of the interstate. And he like, I wanna drive. I so said, Benny, look, dude, you're going to kill all of us if I let you drive. Like, it's okay on the back Or but parents ever put them on their lap? I'm like, come on, buddy, drive, right? And, and you're there. But you don't do that on 40 doing 85 miles an hour. And so Benny's in the back, dude, and like, anybody ever argued with a two-year-old? You both want to cry by the end of it. You're both like, I oh, hate you. Anyway, so, so Benny loses his mind, and, and, and Bo's like, dude, but I, Pastor Bo's like, I can't let you drive because you'll kill us all. Dude, in in like 15, 16 years you can drive, but right now, Bo, it's just not a good time for you to drive. I wonder how many of us create anxiety in our life because we're not willing to let God drive. We're busy telling God what we want rather than asking the question of what He wants. Because remember, the focus of all this is kingdom mindset. One, it's got to be the first thing you crave. You've got to trust God to let you jump, but then who's driving your life? Who's driving your mind? So here's the question that you have to ask: God, what do you say? Hey, God, I'm getting ready to go to work. What do you say about it? God, I'm looking at this bump on my forehead. What do what do you say about it? God, I really want to choke my spouse out. What do you say about it? God, I want to talk about her mama. What do you say about it? God, cousin Fred's here. And sorry, Fred, I forget. we actually have a Fred here today. And Fred, listen, and we're glad he's from New Jersey. They watch every week online. We're so glad Fred and Ann are here, but Marianne are here. But here's the thing, and he's a large unit, dude. I won't say so much about him. You're like, I, I love Jesus. I just don't want to see him today, right? So like, like. Um, but, but here's the reality, man. But, but, but we sit there and we have these people that come in and they challenge us. And what we do is we lose control because we forget to ask the question that keeps us in a kingdom mindset. And that's, God, what do you say about blank? So the church has tried to make us religious and what God wants us to do is crave Him and ask the question, dude, what do you want? You're God. You take care of everything. If I do what you want me to do, everything works out. Like, what if I, t- what if I'm more interested in making you happy than I am doing what I want to do? Because I figure you're dad, and you know the dangers on the road way better than I do. So if you say this isn't a good time for me to be in a relationship, guess what? It's not a good time for me to be in a relationship. If if this job comes to an end, your dad, you're going to take care of me. It's just just a transition period into the next thing in my life. Why am I spending so much time on the edge of the pool not wanting to jump into the seasons of life that you have for me? Could it be that I don't really crave the kingdom of God and that I don't really trust you as my father? Because kingdom mindset is about asking God what He wants to do and everything here's the thing thoughts Christians for so long have made their thoughts sinful. Your mind is the battlefield. Joyce Meyer wrote probably one of the best books ever on Battlefield of the Mind. Your, your mind is the playground where you're going dec- you're going to make choices of who you trust. Anybody ever felt really good about themselves till you saw a picture of you? And then you're like, I'm a fat ogre <laughs> So anyway, here's the thing. What happens when you, when you look at God and you say, God, what do you say about my hurt? What do you say about my abuse? What do you say about my failures? What do you say about my health? See, can I be honest with you? So many people, so many people make a fatal mistake of basing their theology off experience. Not on the Word of God. Not on the promises of God. God said this. He said, man, if I wrote it, I'll back it up. May not do it the way you want me to. Anybody's ever had their kid try to tell them what to do? A cute little good for nothing. I mean, I love you with all my heart, baby. That's not the way this works. You don't tell dad what to do. You think God ever feels that way? He's like, I breathed my breath into you. I made you out of dirt. Please remember your role. Your role is to follow me as a child who trusts me and who loves and, and you can't build your experience off of, you can't build your theology off of what you experience all the time because if that's the case, nobody ever accepts the Messiah because the Messiah had never been here. So experience had taught them not to trust. And then a whole bunch of dudes, if you, if you study uh, theology, a whole bunch of dudes showed up claiming to be the Messiah. And then you got John the Baptist, who's just a freak. Not the way, and if you remember reading the story of Jesus, Jesus never showed up, never did what everybody thought he should do. Because he's showing us that, man, there's, there's a track record that I have to be God in a way that proves that I'm God, but doesn't necessarily look like what you think it should. Can we look at the modern church? The modern church tells us that Christians are supposed to do, say, and go certain places, but when you really read the Bible, Jesus hung out with prostitutes and sinners and drunks. The point of it was never to create a museum so we can look at how holy we are, but a hospital so that we can recognize that we're all bloody and bleeding and need to be stitched up. But the only person who can do it, that's a Messiah. So kingdom mindset teaches us to ask this, God, what do you say about it? Here's what I believe. Um, Anybody know the theme park, King's Dominion? You know that's actually a biblical principle? That, that, that God wants to have a king dominion over your life. That's a ruler and a dictator. So if, if you lived in the Middle Ages, you would look at a king and go, hey, what do you want me to do? God said this. He said, man, if you want to have a kingdom mindset, you have to keep going back to this question of God. What do you say about it? See, I think it's okay for us to have goals. I think it's okay for us to have desires. But we have to start with the question, God, what do you desire? All right, I'm coming to a close. Do you remember when, how many of you guys have ever heard this term? I got saved. I got saved. Uh, that's a great Christian-y statement. Um, it actually comes from, from, from this place. Uh, remember when the, the blind guy cries out to Jesus and Jesus looks at him and says, man, I want to make you whole. The, the word whole there uh, is, is a Greek word, sozo. Uh, and, and what he said is, man, I've come to make you whole. And I, I, I think that when Jesus went to the cross, he came not only to save our eternity, but he came to make us whole. Well, in what way? Whole is whole. Whole is living one life, not like a church life and a work life and an at-home life and a and a with the dudes, a while. It's just, dude. I, this is what, what you see. What you see is what you get. WYSIWYG. I'm here. Like this is it. Jesus looks and he says, "Man, what I've come to do is I've come to make you whole." and and and, and here's the thing: when we ask the question. God, what do you want? I think he wants to make us whole in seven areas. I think he wants to have a a kingdom mindset in seven areas. First of all, and and foremost, God spiritually wants to connect you with himself. I also think he wants to to heal your relationships. I think God created you to have whole relationships. I hate when people go, I got a half brother. What's the other half? Or I see like is it the top half or the bottom half? Like if you just got a pair. Anyway, I got questions. I think that God wants to make you whole mentally. Can I be honest? I hear Christians all the time go, man, I'm really struggling with mental health, and they say it like it's bad. Matthew 6, everybody was dealing with anxiety. you got a Roman Empire. You've got chaos. You've got Jewish society. You, you know, now you're a Christian. Oh, everything's better. No, people are trying to kill you now. So let's just, let's see how bad we can make. it. It's like 2020 on crack. And Jesus said this, but what I want to do is I want to take your mental health and I want to make it whole. And part of whole is when you stop and you look at the birds and you disconnect from your phone and you go, hey God, what do you want out of my life? Like what makes you happy? Because what makes you happy is ultimately what's going to make me happy. I think physically. Remember when I said work hitting a crime? Working at what you put in your mouth is not a crime. Working at going to the gym is not a crime. Working at taking a walk is not a crime. Like I actually think God cares about your physical health. I don't always steward at the best because I've been eating Frito-Lays and, and zebra cra- Christmas trees or whatever those things are. Like, Well, I found the big ones and I, like bo- I free-based a box of them. I just just turned, it was bad. But So I'm not saying we're always perfect, but here's the thing. Tomorrow morning I get up and I go, hey God, what do you want me to do? Jay Corb, but one of the folks going through our ordination was poking me in the belly today because he's noticed I put on weight. That's a spiritual gift. It <laughs> he helps me. But he said, hey man, you're in shape. Jay, don't make me punch you in the first thing in the morning. I'm not I should ask what Jesus would do, because Jesus would have spoke softly with him. Forgot he he's a cop and probably carries a gun. So that's <laughs> why so I needed to ask Jesus, right? But I think God wants to heal you physically. I think he wants to heal you emotionally. I think God wants to heal your finances. Can I be honest with you? I think God wants to heal your recreation. I think god it's really important for God that you go play. Healthy. Like, hey, I'm going to play, but my question is, what do you want me to do when I go play? Hey, I'm going to go get drunk. You didn't ask God. Because God's answer to that is what? No, hey, but, but hey, I want to go on the back porch and dance with my family. I'm down with that. Hey, I want to go drive to the mountains. Baby, go do it. Does this make sense? Like, like, are you asking God like like not only in the big things, but are you going, hey, even in the things like I think part of the way God wires us is to go be do recreational stuff. And if you're here today and you go, I don't do anything for fun, you're probably a miserable person. No, if you have to live a life you have to escape, guess what? You're living the wrong life. If you're living a life you don't like, it's not God's fault, it's yours. Because I have people all the time go, how do you avoid burnout? I listen to God. Six days I work, one day I'm like, peace out. You're not getting me. Like I'll do emergencies. Jesus did emergencies on the Sabbath. Because you stubbed your toe, does not get a return call to the next day. I've I've already booked date night this week. I mean, not like that. I mean, don't be reading stuff in dirty minded people. I'm just I'm just saying like like because i think i think recreation and connection and relationships are not a part of god's are, are, are not separated from god's plan but a part of god's plan and when we sit there and we go god i know that you want me to be connective and you want me to to ask this question god what do you say about what it does is it changes everything in your kingdom mindset so when you go into to, to Big Me to buy a coffee, God, what do you say about this trip? Man, I'm getting ready to go into Walmart of all places. God, Say I'm not even Catholic. Let's just cross and pray, right? Like, like, what do you say about me going into Walmart? I mean, Jonah went to Nineveh. I can go to Walmart. I just don't go often. Like, God, what do you say about my life? Can I, can I take it to a, to, to, a, to a corporate church setting? God, what do you say when people show up that I don't like? God, what do you say about me serving? I mean, I'm really comfortable not doing anything. Can I get a witness? Serving sometimes sucks. Anybody ever worked a parking team on a cold, rainy morning? You're thinking, thinking, Jesus, I'm done. But you know what? I think Jesus is saying, yeah, but thank you for answering what what I say. Because you're making a way for people to get to the cross. Hey, I don't really feel like showing up to make coffee at 5.30 in the morning so that you've got a cup to drink. But God, I heard you call and I answered. God, I really don't want to work with kids. I don't even like my own. But thank God people answer. So here's my question to you. As we come to close, here's my question. What if you got such a kingdom mindset that you stopped picking up your anxiety and you started picking up a question? It's like this when I looked in the mirror and I found this thing on my head and I'm staring at it, immediately I had to go, God, wait a minute, what do you say about this thing? Like, I'm glad that my wife said it and I'm glad that my son said it, but, but really I'm not going to get peace till I find out what you said. And God said, I sent my word to heal your disease. You're not leaving. The, like, I got an expiration date like a gallon of milk. If I don't go into rapture, man, I'm kicking out of this world. I live a good enough life that today is a good day to die. Like, if you knew you were going to die today, would you have to go clean something out so that, that your in-laws didn't find it? Or that your kids didn't find it? No, I'm being serious. Like, like, do you get up every day and just go, man, God, if today's the day I check out, I've loved my family well, I've loved you well, I don't have to repent for anything. Anybody, anybody ever got on a roller coaster and started repenting just in case? You're like, Jesus, I'm going to ride this ride. But just in case there's an unrepentant sin that I haven't had yet, um, this is a blanket request. What if you lived a life where you really didn't need a blanket request? That, that, that like in all these areas, you just put a sticky note on your computer and on your, your windshield and on your mirror that right beside the confessions that you're making over your life every day, and if you're not making those, you need to go back and listen to the, the Identity podcast. But... What if you said this? What if you said for me really to be kingdom minded? I've got to get up and go, God, what do you want? What makes you happy today? Because I crave you more than I crave anything else. Can we pray today? Father, for for every person that's here, for every person that's watching online, God, my prayer is first of all that, that you let us crave you more than anything else. Father, today, I just ask that that You take us to this place, God, where we trade anxiety for purpose. That we trade anxiety for a kingdom mindset. God, that we stop worrying about bumps on our head and we stop worrying about finances and clothes and all that stuff. Because, God, You're going to take care of that. But we start asking the question, God, what do You want? Not only do we ask what You want, but, God, we answer that call. We trust You enough to jump off the side of the pool, God, we trust you enough to, to, to launch out and to be a part of that kingdom mindset. Maybe you're here in house, maybe you're online and you're watching and you're like, hey, pastor, I can't have a kingdom mindset because I, I really don't even have a relationship with God. I, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I, I know that God is calling me, but I feel a long way off just want you to know right now, what does God say about you? God says that today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that He stands here with open arms and open hearts, welcoming you back home. He knows that you're broken, just like that guitar, but what He wants to do is He wants to put you back together so that your life can make music again, so that there's beauty coming and resonating out of your life. That's you today with nobody looking around. Will you just slip your hand up? Thank you so much. Anybody else today just goes, hey man, today is the day of my salvation. Here at Thrive man, we don't do anything alone. We think that, that, that faith is made to be to done, to be done in, a, in, in a group, God, that, that it's, it's made to be done together as one family. So will you just pray, whether you're the one that raised your hand or, or maybe you've been saved 20 years, will you just pray so that nobody does it alone? Can we just pray? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me my sins. Make me right with You. Help me to answer the question of what You want me to do. Give me the strength to answer that call. In Jesus' name, Amen. Man, thank you all so much. As Christy and Caleb come and the worship team comes. First of all, it's so great to have Christy and Caleb second time on stage. Doing a great job as hosts this morning. Um, so proud of you guys for being here. Christy just has such a sweet uh, personality. Um, if you are one of the folks that gave, uh, Caleb does too, dude. I mean to leave you out, you're, you're, you're amazing. You're so I, I, I Listen, I live in that world. So if you're one of the folks that gave your life to Jesus, or you're in this place where you're like, hey, I'm new in the journey to faith, maybe, maybe you've been in it for a while, but you haven't really been on a journey, we would love to connect you with a guide, a partner, uh, just to help you walk through uh, the beginning chapters of your faith journey. If you're interested in that, whether you're here or you're online, you can just email the church at amen at Online. Again, it's amen at Online. We would love to connect you with one of those folks. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.